This is for my dreamers, doers, and audacious entrepreneurs. For those who want to wake up every day and be in love with the career you've created for yourself. This is for you. This is for us. This is the Forever Fun Employed Podcast with me, Jana Hall. Please put your phone on Do Not Disturb. Oh no, I'm trying to get a meal. Are you ordering food? No, I'm trying to get a meal with him. Hello, fun employed friends. This is the next episode of the Forever Fun Employed podcast. I'm your host, Jana Hall, and I'm so happy to have you all joining me today for the next episode, which I'm super excited about because I have someone really really dear to me here today, my good friend, Sierra Pope. She is a wedding and travel planner, uh, the wedding god. Whoa. (laughs) (laughs) And the travel god. Travel god. Goddess. Goddess, yeah. Okay, that's a lot. Okay, that's a lot of pressure. I mean, but it's true, and they'll they'll learn why. So um, today I, you know... You guys have listened to me, hopefully you've heard, uh, my journey to Fun Employed, the first episode where I kind of talked about what it was like quitting my job and um, backpacking across Europe, doing some travel, and then kind of coming home and being like, all right, what next? And so that kind of kicked off my Fun Employed journey. And even as I you know, got into this whole entrepreneurship thing, I was... Um, I always made travel kind of like my thing. And so I uh, wanted to, people, a a lot of times people ask me, like, how do you still make time to travel? How do you travel? And so I thought it would just, it's only right to invite my friend because I don't travel as much anymore. So I wanted to invite my good friend Sierra on to talk about how she travels as an entrepreneur. Um, And so we will get into that. Um, But (laughs) first we're gonna take some deep breaths. Hmm. How do you do it? Ma'am. Is that how you do it? That's, I don't know. <laughs> do you even do yoga, meditation in yoga? No. <laughs> See, okay. Sierra and I have been trying to catch our breath and relax as we get into this, um, so this new episode. But yeah, so let's jump right in. I am really excited. Um, this is what, the third? Mm-hmm. Fourth episode. Already? Intro. Yes. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. The fourth episode of the Forever Fun Employed podcast. All right, great. So, as you all know, being fun employed isn't just about quitting your job and traveling the world and then starting your own business. Um, you can be all types of fun employed. Uh, being fun employed is really just about having the audacity to create the life that you want and to decide how you want to make your own money. And so, you know, whether that is through a full-time job, a side hustle, or full-time entrepreneurship, um, being fun employed is for everyone. And so what type of fun employed are you, Miss Sierra Pope? I am a full-time fun employed. Oh, (laughs) full-time. So what is your full-time job? What do you do full-time? Wedding planning and travel planning. So my bread and butter is wedding planning. Mm -hmm. Travel planning is more of my newish 
newest baby. Aww. So yeah, that's okay. what I'm doing. All right. So before we jump into all that, can you give an introduction into who you are? Like where you're from, what school you went to, major, all, you know, just give, give the people stuff. a little bit of something. Well, my name is Sierra Pope, not Olivia Pope, no relation. Um, <laughs> I am originally from Chesapeake, Portsmouth area. Portsmouth. I am from Portsmouth. <laughs> um, I went to VCU, graduated in 2010. I was a fashion merchandising degree major. That's the word. Um, I worked in retail prior to that, and I was just like, I don't care. It's not making enough money. I don't want to manage people that don't care. I don't want to work every single holiday. And then I switched gears into like construction. How? Wait. <laughs> <laughs> So fashion, fashion merchandising. So the like most the opposite of fashion. Absolutely, but it was like putting like pretty stuff into a house. I just worked and oh. I managed the showroom. Oh, okay. So that's yeah. different than construction because I'm thinking you had a hard hat. And, oh, like, it went there. Construction boots. Eventually, it went there because you love a boot. I do love. I do love a good booty. <laughs> So I thought maybe a Timberland was also... It was not. No, okay. never. I haven't owned those since like middle school. I had the gray ones. Oh, okay. Yeah, the yeah. gray and the baby blue. I had the beef and broccoli. Okay. I never had those. Mm-hmm. I never had those. Um, so yeah, 757 is where I'm from. And I've been in Richmond now for what, 13 years. Uh, I have a little brother. It's a real small family. It's like four of us. Mm-hmm. And a stepsister, so five. Um, that's me. Okay. Essentially. Okay, so, all right, getting into your career. So, mm-hmm. you just said you went from retail to construction. Can you walk us through how you made that career pivot? Yeah, I was sick of working on commission at Nordstrom, which I won't, give it the, won't say the nickname that I called it at the time, but I had an internship after graduating with Nordstrom, and immediately within the time, three months after the internship, I was uh, given the one of the top sales departments in the store which was BP which is the juniors so coming from college where I didn't I never managed to managing um, over a million like it was a seven million dollar sales floor oh wow um I managed that for about a year and a half and I just didn't enjoy it because it was such it's firing hiring it's like 18 year old Mm -hmm. girls I'm 22 23 yeah they're not listening to me (laughs) right and so I managed that for a little bit I ultimately transferred back to that's this was back home in Norfolk Mm -hmm. and I transferred back to the store in Richmond because I wanted to be closer to my friends and Mm -hmm. having my own life and living with my mom after or parents after graduating was just like no, thank you. Yeah. Um, so after six months, I came back home <laughs> to Richmond, my new home. And from there, I enjoyed it, but I went to managing a sales, a shoe sales floor. So I had a lot of staff that worked with me that were had been there for years, longer mm-hmm. than I was alive. Um, and it was also a matter of, since I'm their manager, I don't want to outsell my client, outsell my staff because it was commissioned with a with a base pay mm-hmm. um so it was day it was months where it was great and then months where it was really slow and it's like i need to have a set t- style of income in order right. to survive right and it just wasn't worth it like there were so many blackout days where we couldn't we couldn't take days off because of holidays mm-hmm. or sales i'm like this is not my life right and i just was like i started applying and i looked up and i was like oh this was cool it was a job i worked for ferguson and it was a showroom coordinator and it was literally like the person that oversees the appointments, any events that they have in their space, any like setup and decor. But it was for a plumbing, lighting, and um, plumbing, lighting, and appliance showroom. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of where 
that transition happened. I just applied and she liked me. We clicked. Um, and I worked there for three years. So I transitioned mm-hmm. from being a showroom coordinator into inside sales because mm-hmm. I'm like, I want some more money. Right. How do I get more money? But it was more, it was more stable. And then I had the addition, you know, the opportunity to get like bonuses too, based mm-hmm. on things that I sold. Yeah. So that's literally, I just applied mm-hmm. and just found something else that was still like kind of designy, but it was on like a different, it wasn't clothing anymore. It was like home stuff. Right. Yeah. So when did that kind of shift into the not so glamorous part of it? When I was sick of that job, <laughs> <laughs> when I became, when I got tired of working there because I was just, I'm not a, I don't like to be stagnant. Yeah. I don't like routines. And so I was at the showroom and I told my manager when I got there, like, okay, I always ask, like, what else can I do? What mm-hmm. else is the next step? What's the next the next phase of this opportunities within the company. And she told me, and there was always just like a lot, a lot of like roundabout ways that it could happen. But it's like, okay, I've put my hand, raised my hand ever since I started here to mm-hmm. do other things. And you're taking too long to do it for me. Yeah. Um, there was a lot of moving pieces with the company. They were transitioning into being more like downsizing. Mm-hmm. Um, so a lot of positions were being changed. Um, and the only way that I could make more money was to do inside sales. Mm-hmm. So I did inside sales for them and I backed up. Um, I switched locations and backed up a like the top appliance salesperson within our company, which was a lot of work and a lot of pressure because mm-hmm. I had never really sold appliances. Yeah. And that's all she did was sell appliances. So like I can tell you how to like install a washer and dryer, <laughs> that you need a stack kit and all that now. And I can tell you like dual oven versus regular <laughs> convection. So why didn't you install your own this past week? Because girl... No, you got people to do that for See, you. So. You didn't tell me you had the inside scoop I do, all that. I do, I do. I will tell anyone to go to Ferguson all the time. But I did that. I did inside sales for a year and a half. Um, so I coordinated for a year and a half and then inside sales for a year and a half. And I was just like, I don't, I couldn't outsell, I couldn't outsell the person that I was backing up. I was her inside sales person. Mm-hmm. So my, my, my cap was I had a limit. Like, yeah. I can't go out on the sales floor and try to make more money than she's making, which mm-hmm. was not going to happen. Is that a rule or just kind of in the back of your mind? It's you not kind of a put that- rule, but those are her clients. So mm-hmm. most of the time that I would have a, you know, have a client of my own, it was a walk-in. Um, it was like a onesie-twosie thing. But most of the work was backing her up and doing her quotes and following her clients mm-hmm. and things like that. And so anything I got in addition to that was great, but it wasn't, that's not my, I'm right. not a salesperson. right. Um, so the, yeah, I, and I was doing that in addition to doing wedding planning. Okay. Oh, so you, you were doing, I was doing wedding. I was, that was in like the, I was in Ferguson and I had just started doing wedding planning at that time with grain and lace events. Okay. I've heard of them actually. Mm -hmm. Um, so did you go, once you decided to quit Ferguson, did you then do your wedding planning full time? So did you always know that you wanted to do wedding planning full time? Okay, so you always wanted that stable nine to five. Never income. wanted to be a wedding planner, ever. So how I got into that? How are you doing that full time? Now, yeah. How did you make the jump from like <laughs> I valuing stability mm-hmm. and knowing your career path to making something that you never wanted to do your full time job? It just it like it worked. I I planned accordingly. I got so fed up with my most recent job, which was working in gas utilities. That was actually managing construction. Um, I got so tired of that job and trying to like accommodate something that I could care less about. Like I don't mm-hmm. care that your gas is not installed. I don't care that I have to meet you on a job site at seven o'clock in the morning. 
I don't care. Mm-hmm. And I was doing that in addition to managing, you know, 10 to 15 weddings. And, and I managed a, I managed the largest part of our um, service territory between Virginia Beach and Hanover County, just mm-hmm. me. Like, to give you an idea, we had like 4,600 meters that we were responsible for in a year for our group of like six people. Mm-hmm. I managed 3,500 of those. That's how much oh, I was wow. doing. In addition to wedding planning. So it got to a point where it's like, I had enough. I don't, I don't care enough. And I felt like if I'm going to be in an industry, I want to have a work-life balance. Mm-hmm. My life revolved around something that I wasn't passionate about, right. something that I, I just didn't care about. And then with the manager that I had at the time, our relationship was kind of like falling apart. It was a personal relationship first. Mm. And things, Those are always tricky. They are tricky. They are tricky. We never had any issues ever. But there was something that happened within the company where... He, his, how he was handling things changed. And it was just like that on top of not even caring. And I just was like, you know, I'm just have to step out on faith and mm-hmm. just do this. And I literally gave my resignation letter in the airport heading to New Orleans with my mother. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. So <laughs> <laughs> that's like the best feeling though. Oh my God. I literally, they, they had reached out to me like right before I left. And I was like, okay, I'll give you the, I'll, I have a, I told him, I was like, I have a client, so I'll follow mm-hmm. with you with my resignation letter once I'm done with them. And I literally sent them my resignation letter in the airport. Wow. Right. So it, that felt good. That, I'm not I'm sure that felt coming back. <laughs> back. <laughs> not coming back. So you didn't even want to do wedding, but how did you end up as a wedding planner, even on a, as a side hustle? So my friend owns the company, um... The Hive Wedding Collective, which was formerly Wood Grain and Lace Events, and she worked at a pro- she managed a property in Richmond, and she had done a few of her friends' weddings, um, and she was like, I you know I enjoy this. I'm not going to do this property management stuff forever. I'm going to quit. I'm going to do mm-hmm. this. I think I like this more. And I was like, okay, I'm going to work with you one day. I'm going to work with you when you quit. And about six months or so later, she quit. And I was like, okay, I'm going to work with you. That is literally how it happened. I have experience in doing like events like fashion mm-hmm. shows or trunk shows through RVA Fashion Week, but I never had done a wedding before. But logistically, it's the same right. thing. Yeah. It's just a more, you know, prominent time in people's lives. Yeah. So I did. That's how it started. And she, I'm the only person, first of all, that she ever made intern, like intern, intern. I'm her friend. Oh, oh, wow. So she was, she was like a legit, like, yes, I'm, I'm like, running a business and you have to I start intern. at the I'm like, how? dare you all these people we've had since then and I have not had to um they have not interned like I did I'm her friend but no I interned I did a few weddings with her I tried to bring on some on my own by like mm-hmm. putting out Craigslist ads yeah. so she could see that I was serious about it that is basically how it happened and then she slowly but surely like give me some weddings on my own but she was always like I want you to quit your job I want you to quit your job and do this with me full time wow so that's, that's a big started. statement for a friend to make. And I yeah. am the queen of, you know, take the leap. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, I have some friends that I'm like, I see them with so, so much potential. And I'm like, just start the business, start the business. But to be like, quit your job. She tra- she told me to quit my job. That's like a two, lot of pressure. Two and a half years. So she really believed in your ability. Yeah, she was just like, we... Like, I trust that you can do this. Like, I've, we've always, it's like, I'm her, I'm her right-hand woman. Mm-hmm. But she's always wanted me to quit. And then, in between that, I went and took another job. So, she was <laughs> like, are you kidding me? I just told you to quit your job. I'm like, girl, I don't know what it's going Wait, after be. you put in your resignation? No. So, I worked at, okay, so I mean, I've been doing weddings for almost six years. So, I was working at Ferguson, kind of starting, doing weddings, small things mm-hmm. here and there. But the gas company was when it became more... <laughs> 
<laughs> when it became more prominent. Mm-hmm. And then that was when I was like, okay, I'm done. So mm-hmm. I was working. She wanted me to quit, but I took another job because the gas company paid a lot of money. Yeah. And so I took that. She was like, oh my gosh, like I told you to quit your job. I'm like, well, I don't know how much money you're going to make me. Right. So after that, that's when I was full time after the gas company. Okay. Yeah. And so how is it, how's it, so you've been doing wedding planning for full time for how long now? Two and a half ish, almost three years now. It's weird. Wow. Full time. Yeah. Wow. I'll be three years in February. So I we mean, are like right yeah. neck and neck. Yeah. It's weird. I walk down the stairs sometime and I'm like, well, I haven't clocked in and I don't know how long and I still can eat girl and live that. I think that's the <laughs> most like, I think I don't, I don't know if it's the word is humbling, but to be able to, it is humbling. Look at your life and be like, I'm still afloat. Yeah. And I think that a lot of times that's the biggest barrier to people not taking the leap is because they're like, where is this money coming, coming from? from yeah. But I always say things always. They will work out. They always work they out. Work and it out. sounds like a, oh, it's a little platitude. It's a cliche, whatever. But it's true. Things always work out. They do. It may take a little longer. You will have bumps and um, not necessarily struggles, but challenges. Yeah. But they always work out. And so here you are mm-hmm. almost three years later mm-hmm. and you are a full time Wedding planner. So what are <laughs> so as an entrepreneur, I mean not even not even in the wedding planning industry, but just as an a full time entrepreneur, period, mm-hmm. what are the biggest struggles that you feel like you've had? Um, learning how to not learning, because I'm always I've always been pretty good with my money, but managing the money when it mm-hmm. comes in. So I don't have a I'm not selling a product where I right. know if I sell X amount of these things I'm going to have X amount of dollars coming get in. Lump sums. I get lump sums of money. And I'm not talking about I'm out here getting 15th out. Let's be clear, I'm not getting that. But it's like when it's I coming. get paid, huh? It's come. I mean, Lord, please put it in the atmosphere. But when um when I get paid, I have to is managing that money because you may get paid. I was telling my accountant this the other day. I may get paid five times in December. It's engagement season. So that's the December is going to look great. Mm-hmm. But then those next payments aren't until six months before their wedding. <laughs> right. So, so January and February could be one payment for one client. And so it's just managing your money and making sure you take care of those responsibilities, mm-hmm. those, those bills accordingly, and saving. Yeah. As soon as you get paid, you can't go spend that money. That money needs to sit you can't. there. No, you can't go spend your money right away. I mean, you can. You treat yourself a little bit. But <laughs> especially if you like, don't know where the next one's you, coming, exactly. Great, be sitting outside. I ain't going back to my mama's house. No man, not going back to Portsmouth. No, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> it might be some good weddings in there. You don't know. Yeah. I mean, I would, I wouldn't mind doing some in Virginia Beach, Chesapeake. <laughs> There's a nice venue in Portsmouth, but I don't know that client. Mm-hmm. So yeah, it's easier for me to have my clients up here, right? Or in the so, area. and I think that's a, a lot, that's anxiety for a lot of people. Yeah. Is like. You know, I know some photographers who they book a wedding and that's a lot of money because yeah. it comes with a lot of stuff or, you know, it is, you know, when there's engagement time, you do an engagement mm-hmm. shoot, a wedding shoot. Like, so how do you, I mean, you, you know, the money management aspect of it, but like, how do you balance that? Like, do you get anxiety about where your next check is coming from? Or are you pretty, cause I mean, it can be stressful for yeah. like December, you get a nice payment, but then you're just like. 
six months is going to be your next one. How does yeah. that, how do you balance like the uncertainty of not knowing? I'm not as uncertain now as I was when I first quit because the first year I didn't have a, I didn't have any income coming in July, or August, July and August was quiet. And so and that and was, a, you lived, you still paid, had rent. To I pay. still had rent to pay. I, I, everything was on my own. I had just gotten a car right before I quit my job, a new car. So it was definitely scary and it wasn't it was at a but I saved before I quit my job okay. I saved so I was gonna ask like yeah. a, I mean people like how did they yeah so you saved you I had a nest saved. egg I had a nest egg I saved enough to cover at least my um my rent for the year and like other expenses that I needed uh, so I did save a good amount so I was nervous during those that those mm-hmm. two months but I was just like okay well light a fire up under me to like yeah. push myself to get more business. And so this year it hasn't been as much because I stretched. I, I have weddings every month basically. So I How know many? I have 20 what? 22 weddings, December mm. 23rd, excuse me, December 31st, New Year's Eve is my last wedding of this year. And you've done 20, you will have done 22, 22 weddings year. this year. Yes. And they're 52 weeks. Yes, ma'am. That is wonderful. Thank you. It's also like, who can I take a day off now? But that's why I take my trip. That's why you're going to play. You going you that's why next year we going to plan this year for next year you can take a whole month off. Ooh, yes, please give it to me. It can happen. <laughs> and you. so how how long did you plan for your um exit? Once you knew once uh Christine was like quit. She had been telling me to quit. So So was it through like 401k or were you actively just actively taking your paycheck? saving the money because I had a nice paycheck from the from the gas company. So the money that I was making through the wedding planning is what I just kind of saved. Oh, okay. So I had I was fortunate so, to do that. So and that's that's a good like people like a lot of people have these side hustles and mm-hmm. again when it's when you talk about being fun employed even if you have something that you do on the side that you love pocket all that money. Yeah. Like pretend that doesn't even exist. Exactly. And just live off of your your exactly. paycheck. I treated myself a few times, got me a few bags, but I definitely saved that mm-hmm. money. And it's like it's it's so cliche to say you're manifesting what you want because I wasn't actively thinking, oh, I'm mm-hmm. going to leave. Like the yeah. money was good. I wasn't trying to leave, but it some like it pushed me out the door. And it was just like, okay, I'm fine. I'm set. I have the number that I wanted to have mm-hmm. when I wanted to leave. I can leave now. Yeah. And that's, you know, there's I talked to a a woman on Insta, she reached out on Instagram about like kind of the same thing, like an exit strategy. How does she know? Like, how will she know when it's time to quit her job? Mm -hmm. And I told her, I said, you know, she was like, I have a a thriving side business. Mm -hmm. It's bringing in good money. So when should I quit? And I'm like, I told her, I said, practice living off of your business. Pretend that this full-time income isn't even there. Mm -hmm. Whatever you're making from your business, try to live off of that. Yep. And then you can pocket the rest. But I think it's really like trying to being more proactive and like putting aside money, having a nest egg, because I always say it takes money to make money. It does. And not having the stress of every single month, where is this money coming from? Where, you know, like I'm so thankful to to have landed a a larger client last year because it allowed me to put that money away Mm -hmm. while I was living at home. And so now I'm able to, you know, like not have the anxiety of, um, I'm try- I'm taking on any kind of client just yeah. so I can bring money in. Exactly. Like I can be choosy and decide what's the right fit. Um, because a lot of times you can get in this trap of, well, I'm just gonna whatever makes money, whoever's gonna give me money. And we've I've, I've definitely been there too. <laughs> definitely been there where we took I've taken we've taken clients that may not have been a good fit, 
and we we didn't realize how we should qualify the client, mm-hmm. but it's like we need this check, right? And it's just like this backfired, and yeah, it's not always good for business. No. It's like not all money is good money. No, a lot of people are headaches. Yes, one thousand percent. Yeah, and so um, so yeah, so you planned, you mm-hmm. planned ahead, mm-hmm. and so you've been doing wedding planning full time now for three years. Yeah. Um, what has been kind of like your your highlight? Being, of being full-time fun employed it's been rewarding because i can give more time to my clients <clears throat> before i was juggling working and then feeling finding time for them mm-hmm. whereas now they're at the forefront so in in doing so i'm able to take on more design heavy clients mm-hmm. so i get to be more creative with the work that i do with mm-hmm. them and that's been something that's been super rewarding for me because i'm pushing i'm getting challenged more with my mm-hmm. clients as far as like what they want to see and it's and it allows me to kind of like just stretch my creative mm-hmm. wings yeah. into you know to having these really beautiful weddings and working with these really amazing clients some are you know crazier than others <laughs> but it's that's what's been really rewarding rewarding and and being able to invest that time into those people you you see how much it means to their yeah. their families at their at yeah. their weddings i mean it's a whole entire like your wedding yeah it's i'm a i'm a i become another part of i'm in their relationship i'm the girlfriend that they didn't know they had i can't wait for you to plan my wedding okay here we go <laughs> sierra says she will not plan my wedding I do but not plan friends weddings so well then i'll just adventures. like start a fight are, with you why would you do that then i'm not coming to you i'm not gonna you're not gonna hire me either i don't gonna talk to you no more you're just a wonderful wedding she'll y'all she'll change her mind i know she will she, mm, i've done two friends weddings Two. Was it a disaster? No, no. Nicole's wedding was perfect. Um, oh, you did Nicole's wedding? I did a Nicole's wedding. Oh. And I did another person's wedding. It was like a friend of a friend. And I was reminded. Of why you don't. Yeah. I'll be different. Mm-hmm. Whenever that. Allegedly. Whenever that. Allegedly. <laughs> so, um, so, from wedding planning, that kind of sparked. So, okay. So, we talked about you traveling. And put your phone down. Yes, ma'am. <laughs> I told you to put it on do not disturb. Okay, okay, okay. I was you picked yours up. I have notes here. <laughs> this does not work like that. Okay, okay, I'll put mine down. So you are <laughs> you also do this traveling company. Yes. And what I really love about champagne and cabanas whoop whoop is um what it has evolved into now is like you planning these creative trips for groups. Yeah. And, um, I think that it's so important to talk about, especially as a black woman, like the importance of getting out there and seeing the world, because a lot of us feel like maybe it's unattainable. Maybe it's, um, it's dangerous. Like mm-hmm. a lot of people are like, I'm not traveling. Cause this- Why are you out there by yourself? And you can get- right. And you take solo trips yeah. and that's a big thing. Yeah. So as far as, as long as I've known you, mm-hmm. which hasn't been like I know. crazy long. I know. We feel like we've known each other for like a hundred years. I know, but it's only been like maybe two, maybe, maybe two. Right. <laughs> we, Sierra I and like I met you, sitting. In- <laughs> You're my like you. Sierra and I met sitting in Brewer's Cafe with my mother. Mm-hmm. 
and we got into a debate about relationships mm-hmm. um, with some men. Mm-hmm. And um, <laughs> for some reason, she, I had never seen this woman in my life, but we were both on the same page Talking about relationships. Like we've known each other for years. And here we are. Here we are. So, as long as I have known you, you have been a traveler. Yeah. You have, um, you've taken solo trips, which I think is wonderful because as much as I love to travel, I don't think I could do it alone. Yes, you can. I, I mean, I can, I just prefer not to. Okay. Because I, I love people. people. Yeah. And. I don't like people. Hmm? I don't like people. You don't like people? I know. It's like weird. I like people to an extent. Like, I mean, but you make friends when you travel overseas. Yeah. Anyway, <laughs> so, so Sierra, she travels solo, which I think is so dope. And you've done that since I've known you and like you've been doing that. So how, as an entrepreneur, have you made, how, how have you been able to prioritize your travel? Like, is it again, going back to that nest egg you saved? Is it like you just have a separate fund for that? Like, how do you prioritize travel working on a budget like you have as an entrepreneur? I think travel is really important for me um, because it allows me to, like, reset. And, like, I get bored Mm -hmm. because I, being a solo entrepreneur, essentially, I have a team, but we all manage our own weddings. We are not planning a wedding together. And so, for me, I'm home a lot of the time working by myself. Mm-hmm. I need to get... I need an outlet. I need to get away. Yeah. And the only way I can do that is taking a vacation somewhere. And so, I don't necessarily pull from the nest egg. If I... I I follow a lot of flight deals and things like that to see when is a good time. And I base my travel off of the availability of that deal a lot of times. Mm-hmm. Um, and if I have an influx of money coming in, I'll pull from that mm-hmm. and I will... I'll travel with that. I'll, I'll buy a flight perhaps with that money. Yeah. And as it gets closer to the date is when I kind of start adding on where I'm going to stay, what I'm going to do while I'm there. Um, that's essentially how I kind of plan my trips. I don't necessarily pull from the nest egg for travel per se, but I will sacrifice. Mm-hmm. I will eat the heck out of some lentil soup <laughs> for like good two weeks after I book a flight somewhere that I want to go because it's saving me money. I'm right. not eating out. So I can I can sacrifice. Like there's always mm-hmm. a struggle meal in my house. Um in the event that I need. Mine is pirate's booty. Who? Puffy che- puffy cheetos, like the you know the white cheddar. That's your snack. That's my struggle meal. Oh, you eat those as a meal meal? You don't got no ramen in your house? No, I have no ramen. Girl, you gotta get you some oodles and noodles. You should just come uh uh-uh. and cook. Uh uh-uh. uh. Uh uh-uh. uh. That get you some lentil soup, throw some chickpeas in there. <laughs> That's how I survive. So I will, I will plan. I will book a flight, and then I'm like, all right, sit your tail down somewhere. Not eating. No fat dragon. Oh my god, no. God, I need to go there this week. You don't I need. I to. haven't been in two weeks, ma'am. That's normal for. That's not normal. I love that place. Okay. So you plan. I plan ahead with I your do. travels. I do. So, but I also don't. Does that make sense? No. So I am impulsive with trips. And when I say that is, I knew this year I wanted to go to Vietnam. Mm -hmm. I knew that whenever a flight deal came up about Vietnam, I was going. And so it came. It came in March. I booked the flight. It wasn't like I'm planning to go to Vietnam. Right. You just knew you wanted to go. I knew I wanted to go there. I booked a flight to Vietnam impulsively. They literally, and it only has, I only have two days to, excuse me, two days to book it because of those deals are going to go. So that's how I did that. So that's impulsive. 
with that's what I mean when I say impulsive. Mm-hmm. But I've also booked a flight very last minute to go to Barbados with a couple of friends of mine. So like, and that was kind of planned. That's mm-hmm. what I mean by when I say impulsive. But I do plan how things are going to, how I'm going to survive thereafter that. Yeah. Okay. Got it. Got it. So let's talk about Vietnam. So this was the first trip. Well, where'd you, last year you went to Thailand. Mm Mm-mm. Two years ago? Bali. I went to Bali. Bali, Bali, Mm -hmm. Bali. And that wasn't a solo trip. Or was it, and you had friends join you or did you? It was going to be, I bought a flight. I don't ask people to go on trips with me anymore because no one's going and Mm -hmm. I'm going to miss out on things I want to do. So I booked a flight and I told my friends. Book mm. now, ask later. Yeah, that's what my friend Victoria did with her birthday trip in Greece. She mm-hmm. was like, hey guys, I just booked this flight. Whoever's down to come. And I sent it to them. I sent it to two of my friends immediately because I'm like, they may want to go. And they did. And I was like, I'll but I'll pay for this. Give me my money back. Mm-hmm. And that's how they were able to get that deal. So yeah. But I booked it first. Mm-hmm. And I went. And that's, how, and that's how Vietnam was too. Yes. So you've always prioritized your travel because that fuels you. It gives you the chance to... Be around people when you don't have coworkers. Yeah. Things like that. Um, it just gave me a chance to see the world. Like, I didn't grow up having the opportunity to see things and travel as much as I yeah. would have wanted to. So, yeah, now it's just like, okay, I've already traveled. Let me just, I need to do it. I need to do this more right. often. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so, how did Champagne and Cabanas evolve into what it is now? Because at first it was just kind of, a, you did this traveling dinner club. Mm-hmm. Um, and then that was champagne and cabanas was kind of the umbrella, un, oh, the umbrella over mm-hmm. your solo trips. But mm-hmm. now you're actually like, it's a, <laughs> <laughs> it's a full on business. Like yeah. it's a full on business where you're hosting group trips. So like talk about how the idea for champagne and cabanas came about. Um, as like a whole other side business too. Cause like now you're an entrepreneur with a side hustle yeah. essentially. Oh yeah. So like, yeah, I mean, I got an EIN for this one though. So I mean, it, a side hustle still oh. is, is a, it can be a legit business. business. Okay. okay. <laughs> I'm like, with the I SEC. <laughs> so talk, talk to me about like how Champagne Cabana has evolved um, and how you were able to kind of like start this side business from, your main business and like initially it wasn't connected at all Mm-mm. but now you have like found a way to allow your side hustle to complement your main hustle yeah. so like talk about how that evolved it's interesting that you say that champagne and cabanas was start like it, it started about as the traveling dinner club because champagne and cabanas had already existed before the traveling dinner club came about um, so I started Champagne and Cabanas as based on people wanting to travel. They enjoyed the idea. They, they saw me t- taking trips and they wanted to be a part. They wanted to understand how I could take all these trips. Oh my God, you're doing this and you don't have a job. How do you, how do you travel? And so it started as a way for me to in, 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 uh, give people knowledge of how to take a trip without thinking they can take a trip. Like, they, people always say it's too expensive or I don't have the time, the availability. And so I wanted there to be a source, myself, to show them how they can, too, take these same types of trips that I take, and it isn't a ton of money. Now, when I started that, I realized that was a little bit more difficult because a lot of the people that were interested in taking these trips were not forthcoming in taking these trips. So I was marketing to a client that just wasn't going to Mm. take these trips, and I wasn't making any profit from it. Mm. And I've invested money into it. Let me put a bookmark in that because that's a... um... (laughs) 
that's an important nugget about yeah. starting a business is like yeah. knowing who your client is and who they aren't. Yes. So that person that wanted to take trips, oh my God, I want to come with you, but never is coming with you. That's not my, that wasn't my client. So I was talking to Christine and she just asked me about Champagne and Cabanas and what it was and what it, what, what it was about. And she said, I just don't hear your elevator pitch. And I was like, I'm not giving up on this. I started a jewelry company before. I've, I've done so many little baby businesses that didn't profit and I quit them. And I was like, I'm not stopping this. Like, I feel like this can be something. And so I switched gears and I was like, I'm a wedding planner. Why not make this an extension of the services that I offer my clients? Why, do, why make this more complicated? Because it was originally um, travel plan. It was specializing in custom vacation travel to the Caribbean, Mexico, and Central America because I like tropical destinations. Mm-hmm. And so after talking with her, I was like, I need to make this something that makes sense for what I'm already doing. So why not make an extension of wedding planning? And that's when I was like, I need to focus on honeymoons and destination that's weddings. Smart. And honeymoons is some, it's a service I can offer my clients. They already trust me. Right. I've done their wedding. Right. I've talked to them for like a year. Why not be the person that plans their honeymoon as well as an additional service? Mm-hmm. And ultimately, I want to do destinate more destination weddings. So like learn the cultures and those responsibilities of getting married in different countries that are also tropical destinations. So that's when Champagne and Cabanas kind of like turned to more of a honeymoon and ro- or a romantic travel type of um planning service but I didn't want to get away from people that were interested in taking solo trips and group vacations because that's that's something that I personally enjoy doing Mm -hmm. and I want people I wanted people to see that they could too take solo trips there's a person they have an ally to ask about those things so that's kind of how Champagne and Cabanas evolved and as far as the traveling dinner club goes I've always I like to cook I like to entertain like Mm -hmm. planning is my life right if I could have a ballroom in my future home I would definitely (laughs) have one but I um I wanted I wanted a way to cook and and talk about travel and I think of dinner clubs as something like you have with your mother and your grandmother and all those Mm -hmm. old people just bring potluck dishes or you know things like that and I want it to be a place a way for me to talk about my company a chance for me to market what I do, talk about the trips I'm doing, but learn about other people's travel experiences because I don't have people that I travel with consistently. And like I could meet those people in Mm -hmm. that and then give them food, fill their bellies. People talk more. Yeah. And so my, um, my best friend was the only one that I really would travel with. I knew he was always like the go-to, but he's moved now. So I'm like, I gotta (laughs) find some new people. Mm -hmm. And so that was what traveling dinner, how traveling dinner club came about, which I have failed miserably with like, you haven't, you have been working on other things. I have, I won't say I failed. I just need to, I need to keep it going. Yeah. We have, they have been asking. I'm like, girl, ain't got time for (laughs) y'all. Um, it's been March, but that's how, that's how Champagne and Cabanas really came about. And now it's really, because I put more emphasis on honeymoons, Mm -hmm. that's what I'm getting more of. And I love like romantic travel. So having, that's where, that's kind of what's been a learning experience, learning curve of how Mm -hmm. to like evolve the company. Yeah. And I think that's, I think that is so important because a lot of people feel like, they need to start a million different businesses. Like you have a, you have an idea and I do. So shameless plug, not so shameless because you know, um, <laughs> <laughs> I do fun employee consultations mm-hmm. and a lot of times people come to me with their ideas and they're like, um, well, this is initially I wanted to be this, but it's kind of like taking a life over here. And so I'm just going to start another LLC. And I'm like, or you can think about how you can evolve it. Yeah. And so that's a good kind of, yeah. like, 
your business may look different. Mm -hmm. And for me, for Leap, I wanted my business. Initially, I started doing social media. Um, but then I, before I built a team, I was like, I'm so tired of doing social media. Like I do it all the time. Mm -hmm. And, um, so I wanted to get more into a consulting role, but that wasn't what was paying the bills. People were still coming to me for social media. And yeah. I was like, all right, well, let me just surrender yeah. to this being what my business needs to be right yeah. now. And so then, like, as I built a team, I was able to kind of, like, get the social media piece handled and then, like, think about how my business can evolve. Like, it's okay for your business to have, to look different yeah. in different stages. Yeah. And that so... That was a learning curve. Yeah. And so, like, you have just, like, really, the core stays the same of yeah. what you love to do, which is travel yeah. and connect with people. And so how can then that look different as you, like, build your company? So that's what you've evolved it yeah. beautifully. Yeah. I, it was a it was definitely a struggle with like figuring out how to market it mm -hmm. properly, and I definitely I still struggle with that sometimes. Like I'm not a marketer mm -hmm. by no stretch of the imagination, but I noticed like my postings and things were I tried to make my Instagram page look a certain way. Mm -hmm. I tried to change the like dimensions of each picture. I'm like, wait a minute, this is too much. <laughs> and then now you look at it and it's just me. You see a lot of me. Mm -hmm. You see a lot of me in bathing suits. Yeah. But I had to, I was talking to a photographer friend of mine and she was like, that's your brand. Right. You're your brand. And I was like, you're right. I said, I only, I post those pictures because it is me. I have taken those trips. I want my clients to envision themselves where I am. Mm -hmm. I want them to see, oh, Sierra's been there. Oh, she's going to know all about that. And it just so happens I'm in a business suit because I've specialized in tropical <laughs> destinations, whether right. it's like. Asia, Europe, because I've had to extend it to Asia and Europe as well, because that's where a lot of my clients want to go. Mm-hmm. So it's ba it's tropical weather. Like if it's a beach, Sierra's gonna be in a bathing suit. So I I that was a struggle because I'm like I'm I don't look like a typical travel agency. I don't yeah. have ads about Delta vacations, mm -hmm. you know, uh, JetBlue vacations. Has that been a struggle for you, like branding yourself as a travel agent? But you're not the t traditional yeah. one because you are the one on these trips. I'm on the I'm the one on these trips, and but then I'm not. So what you don't see are the people that I'm booking the trips for mm -hmm. because I, that, and that's something I want to work on t for 2020 is to do something in a way that I can get those images back from my yeah. clients, but I can't expect people to want to like get their angles on their honeymoon. Right. Like they're enjoying their time with their new, new husband or new wife. And so that was a bit of a struggle because it was just me. And I feel like people weren't going to want to just see Sierra in a bathing suit. I feel like people get sick of seeing me in a bathing mm -hmm. suit all the time. So thankfully with this group trip, I've been able to like have other images of my attendees, but I don't have my, I don't get a lot of photos from my clients. Mm -hmm. So yes, it had, it was, it was a struggle as far as like how to present the company out there. I was comparing myself a lot at first to social media influencers mm -hmm. of travel. Mm. They're influencers. Right. They're like, their Instagram page or their social media is them. I'm a business. They're not right. selling it. They're no, they don't have clients that they're selling a service mm -hmm. to. And so it's working for me that I can do be this way. I just had to learn how to use proper verbiage when I make posts about why that post is like it's a picture of me but it's giving you information right. about this trip right it's and context not, is everything context that's why i tell everything. people all the time don't just post a picture with like a quote as mm -hmm. a caption mm -hmm. or like two cute emojis <laughs> like i mean that works sometimes but people need context they do 
And so that's what I have. That's what I was doing. Like my friends, I, I don't like the idea of doing a blog just because it's like, oh my god, oh my god. <laughs> but my friends, like you're doing baby little blog posts under your pictures as it is, so you can do this. And that's what it was. It was just having content, and I think that has helped me. Mm-hmm. I think having my circle and pushing for my circle to push for me uh, to post more, especially being in the wedding industry. I, I've been very grateful most recently for my team to promote my business more Mm -hmm. because now more of their clients are looking at me Mm -hmm. and a lot of their clients our clients don't look like me a lot of my clients don't look like me so that's been very helpful and them feeling more comfortable with having someone else say oh Sierra's like who you need to go with and then they can see me oh she travels like she she'd be great for this Mm -hmm. so yeah that has been that's how I kind of like became more comfortable with the way my brand looked because it didn't because it doesn't like a regular travel yeah. brand company. Yeah. And that's good. And that's what makes you unique. Yeah. And that's kind of like what um I think that's a model that a lot of people can follow when it comes to, you know, you're having a business. You can have a regular business that like a million people have because yeah. every market is saturated. Yeah. But what makes you different? Yeah. And it's you have to be okay with not looking like the typical. Yeah. And you have to be okay with, you know, let me unfollow these people who may be, you know, quote unquote competition. Mm-hmm. Or people who may do what you do. A lot of times we look at them for inspiration, but really that can hinder us. And so yeah. you have to be okay with all right, let me unfollow every other travel company and just do what comes innate for me and do what feels natural because then that's your unique brand voice. Yeah. And, you know, your look and feel. Um, So, yeah, that's... So, so when's your next... Grease. Grease. Oh, I cut you off. (laughs) Sorry. (laughs) Clearly, you're excited about Grease. I'm excited about Grease. Were you going to ask me my next trip? I was. I I was. My next trip is Grease. June... 21st to the 27th. And so you do these trips where you plan it and you invite others to come. So is this one open to the public? This one is open to the public. This is going to be the second, which has been a long time coming to even like get people to do this. So I'm really, 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 really excited about that. But Greece is the second one and anyone can come like solo travelers, couples, whatever. And so you did this for Jamaica. I did. And it was a success. It was. A crazy success. How many people? 12 of us. 12 of us in total. I can't get two of my friends to say yes to a trip. So the fact that I got 12 strangers to come on this trip, I was just like, thank you. Like it was, it was finally, it was finally happening. I was so excited about it. I like was up like making hangover kits and everything for them. Like I was really excited. You did go all out. You got, this is what, so I'm going to take a trip with Sierra. Come on. I wish you could come to Greece. You already have been there though. You didn't go there. It's okay. I'll I'll go to the next one. But, Sierra was finding photographers. I was over in Jamaica. She was literally searching and in correspondence with Jamaican photographers so that she could make sure that her travel partners could get some professional photos while they were on vacation. That is huge. Like, and those are like that is what people need because people go on vacation and they do not get good pictures. Also, I need those pictures. So right, I need you all. We need we need some athletes. So are you gonna are you gonna have a? um, So where in Greece are you going? We're going to Athens and Santorini. Um, Yeah, those two. I wanted to do Mykonos. I really did, but I just didn't want people to be tired right. with travel because I can't make it ten. I can make I can stay on a trip for fifteen. So how days. long? How long is it? This will be seven days, six nights. Okay. Um, I want it to be at least ten, but I know that that's not feasible mm-hmm. for everyone yeah. to take ten days off of work. Very so true. So I will definitely I will definitely have a photographer for that. I, I need a videographer because I want drone footage, especially when we're going to do the boat thing. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I'm definitely working with local people there to make this trip more like 
homey. Yeah. I don't, you know, like yeah. more realistic, like not especially when you go that far with people who aren't used to traveling. Right, like you want to make it a great experience yeah. for them. Yeah. yeah, definitely. I definitely tried to put my best foot forward with this Jamaica one, mm-hmm. and not make. I don't. I try to make my trips like you have to do something every single day, because it's your vacation too. Right, you should have a day where it's like you can sleep in. Yeah. And you don't have an itinerary. Yeah. I, th- those are the days that I end up actually being the most fun. Yes. When it's not like... And that's what they enjoy. Like, there was a day, like, everyone did their own thing. Some people went ziplining. Some people went horseback riding. It was a... It was a, Or some people just laid out and mm-hmm. just drank champagne all day. That was... That's what I wanted to make sure this yeah. Greece trip would be like. Good. I have some add-ons for that, so I'm excited. Yes. Well, if you need any recommendations for dinner... Yes, yes. I'm going to do dinner in the sky. I really want to do that. No one's okay. It's like you're literally like suspended like hundreds of feet in the air, and oh. it's like for 22 people. Where is this? In Athens. Okay. And like I want to do that. Like my birth is my birthday week. Okay. So. Yeah. So we didn't do dinner in the sky <laughs> <laughs> because we and we ended up having it was a 14 total 17, 17, 16, something maybe. like that. But we ended up on our particular flight. It was fourteen of us, Jesus. Um, because my friend Victoria bought the ticket, uh. and then she was like, "Whoever else wants to come can come." Mm-hmm. And Victoria's like family, so as soon as I told my mom I was going for Vic's birthday, she's like, "Oh, I want to go!" Yeah. And then like everyone else wanted to come too. And so between her friends and my family, it was fourteen of us. But we did. Um, so the Parthenon in mm-hmm. Athens. Mm-hmm. They had, there's some restaurant, and I can, I have, I'll get you the name, but the restaurant like overlooks the Parthenon. It's beautiful at night. We're supposed to do a cooking class. There's a, there's a place that looks right, overlooks the Parthenon. We're like four minutes away from the Acropolis, the house that I wanted That's to That's what I meant, yeah. Acropolis. Okay, yeah. Which yeah. is right, right there. But yeah, we're, we're like four minutes from the Acropolis in the yeah. museum. No, so it was, okay, so we did, it was, yeah. I, I'll find, I'll find this restaurant. Please we send me to. all the recommendations. I'm scrolling through my Instagram now to find... I have not been to Greece, and that is a trip that I've wanted to go on for many years with my best friend, and now it's like become more like popularized, so I'm just like, I'm going. I'm yeah. just going to pull the plug and do it, and if he can come, he'll come. If any of my friends can come, they can come, but if not, I'm going to hang out with a bunch of strangers. So the restaurant was Dionysus Zonars? Dionysus, let me make a note of that. Yeah, so it overlooks the Parthenon. Okay. It's beautiful at night. Um, and, um, cause there's one that we, yeah, it's a cooking class. And then we have the Acropolis in the background. That one's, that's going to be like our last day there. Not our last, okay. our last day in Athens. It's, um, yeah, it's, it's really beautiful. The food was great. Um, but this is a view or something. Oh, that's beautiful. Yeah. So, um, yeah, you should, you should go. So, at nighttime, you get to oh, like see that? all the stuff. Yeah, not her. I just I went to the restaurant's location. Okay. Um, D- that's Dionysus. fine. That's fine. It's great. But yeah. So anyway, <laughs> that's neither here nor there. But um, so we'll reel it back in. Okay. So we're back. I want to get some advice from you. Okay, got some. Um, so switching gears to an entrepreneur, what advice do you have for someone outside of the whole financial thing? Mm-hmm. And you know, what advice do you have for someone who may have a a full-time job mm-hmm. and is ready to take that leap and start and, and do their business full-time. Um, do they have a side hustle or they, do they have, they a, have hustle a side already? hustle? They have a side hustle. Um, but they're just ready for something different. They're tired of doing their nine to five every day. Like their, their side hustle is feeling lucrative. What advice would you give 
to someone who's ready to do something full time. I can't help but say it, but plan. It's I, I am a planner. I can't, I don't, I don't, I'm impulsive, but I am a planner through and through. I can't go to the grocery store without making a list. So plan, make sure you have a, give yourself a certain time frame to try this out, but give yourself a certain cushion, a little mm-hmm. cushion if you can, of if it, if it will not work out, can you take care of yourself mm-hmm. um, and give yourself some thing, give yourself some tangible things in place that you can achieve versus just saying, I want to do this without right. an idea. I think people that, and I'm not, and that's, it works for some people. It didn't work for me or it doesn't work for me personally, but if you can just go out there and just do it and make it happen, cool. But everyone doesn't have that family or those friends yeah. to rely on. I didn't have, I, I have a great family, but I can't call my parents to take care of my rent every month if right. I don't, if I don't take care of it. So just planning and giving yourself tangible action items to do to grow that business that you want to do but I would say do it I Mm -hmm. never thought I was going to be an entrepreneur I like the but I say that I I, I say that but I always like the idea of not having to check clock in and check in with someone and not and not have I didn't I never enjoyed someone telling you what to do but I also didn't enjoy being a manager Mm -hmm. but I manage all these projects now as weddings as what being a wedding planner so I just say do it plan Mm -hmm. But then do it. Don't yeah. don't loaf and wait. Right. Because that's what I did. I could have been a wedding planner full time five years ago. But it happened when it was supposed to. It did. It did. But I say take the when if you are younger especially take the challenge take it as a challenge and do it. Mm-hmm. If it doesn't work, you always have something to fall back on. Okay. And on the travel front, mm-hmm. what, what advice would you give for someone who um, looks at other people traveling and think that? that life isn't for them or they that's it's not feasible for them. That's not true. Child, I am not out here rolling in dough. So plan a tr- again, it goes back to planning. Like that is You can do anything you want you, if you, you just plan. plan just plan. And I know that things happen in life where you can't plan. I get I get that. But if you can't plan, um don't compare yourself to other people. Like there are people who I follow that are friends of mine that take these lavish trips. I'm not taking lavish trips all the time. <laughs> I'm taking great trips. Mm-hmm. They're not all lavish. Or people that are going to take these trips to Miami, but I know they got like seven people in a room. There are different <laughs> people. There are different strokes for different folks. So I just say, do just do it. Right. If you can, if you can, if you want to go on a trip, you want to see the world, then see it. Don't dwell on what someone else said. Don't compare yourself to what someone mm-hmm. else's experience is. Yeah. You do what is best for you, and you got to pull the plug sometimes and just do it. Yeah. And that if you pull that plug too early, then you know you got to make some sacrifices on the back end. Mm-hmm. Don't go homeless, <laughs> but right. pull the plug and just do something you want to. You say you want to mm-hmm. do. That's what I did. Yeah. For my when when Tiana and I we went backpacking across Europe. Right. I want to do that. I'm scared, but I want to do. That. I'm old now. Don't be. I'm old now. I mean, we old, but like the way we did it probably wouldn't work today Mm-mm. as a 31 year old um but i mean we we legit spent 125 dollars on lodging over 30 days yeah no ma'am because we couch surfed I'm not about that life <laughs> we started our trip in amsterdam where i had a cousin mm-hmm. and he was like i know a girl in berlin i met her a few times at a party I could see if she'd be down. And she yeah, no. was like, 
I am getting a boob job while y'all are going to be in Berlin. Y'all are welcome to stay at my house as long as y'all help me change my bandages when I get out of the hospital. Not her bandages. <laughs> and we y'all were like, okay. Y'all were nurse practitioners? <laughs> a whole nurse practitioner. Wait a minute. But she was cool. She yeah. was like, anything in my house is yours. See, that's cool. I have friends out of town, like in Europe. And yeah, Europe. and I think that's what like... Acquaintances. Yeah, and that's, the, again, the power of loose, con- yeah. loose connections. Like, yeah. So he connects us with her. She was like, I'm getting a, a boob job. Her, she was an escort and her... Her sugar daddy or whoever was taking her to New York mm, for her. for um, <laughs> her her escort was taking her to New York for the first time. It was her first time in the states, and so he wanted her to look nice. So she was like, "As long as y'all help me change my bandages." She was a cute little blonde girl, and she wow. let us have her whole entire house and all the food in it. Wow! And we stayed there for almost a week, and it was great. And we had, it was, well, three days, three, four days without her. And then she got back. And when she came back, she hosted a little um, cookout. Wow. And so we just like, and then every other time was couch surfing. So we used this couch surfing app and we like met people. It took, you know, it was a risk because like some people had a spare bedroom, had an air mattress, whatever. But like, we didn't know the people. We just yeah. like, it was all good faith. Um, but I mean, the thing is like going back to, you know, you have to be able to like be willing to do things, maybe yeah. not as you thought you would do them. Yeah. Cause like most people, they're like, Oh, I want to travel and I want to stay in this nice hotel. No, don't do that. And I never say that. Yeah. So like we stayed in the hotel one night, um, when we were in Venice because I was sick and I was just like, couldn't find a host. I didn't want to stay in a hostel. Like I wanted one night of just like normal. Yes. And so we spent a hundred dollars on a hotel and then the night before, we uh, couldn't find a host in Venice, so we got a hostel. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think, like, being able to be flexible and get out of your mind, like, what you think it's supposed to be and what people put on Instagram. Yes. Because a lot of that stuff is not real life. Girl, it's staged. Like, I don't know what. I had to correct my language. But <laughs> it's staged. I mean, it is so staged. It is. And like, and it wasn't until I actually started to get more into blogging and have my friend Melissa, who was on um, two episodes ago, you know, t- kind of get me hip to influencers and what influencers do. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of this stuff is not real life. No. It's not real life. I don't like... I mean, I'm not going to say I don't like those trips because I, I would love... I don't like a trip where I feel like everything has to be staged. Right. Even on my trips, like, there are... You'll see an outfit more than you'll see others because that day was, you know, was set for more styling and mm-hmm. more, like, getting more content. But I don't think... You don't have to travel so luxurious as right. you think you do. Right. Like, no, granted, bungalow over the water, bungalow... I'm on, right. I have a friend. He travels lavishly. But he also, like, that's his lifestyle. Mm-hmm. Right. And that's the thing. If it's your lifestyle, is one thing. Yes. If you're just trying to get out the country. Yeah. you never been. you never traveled. You want to go somewhere. Bring it be on Be open. Be, be open. I always want to... Tra- I like to do my trips where I travel like a local and then mm-hmm. travel a little nicer than that, yeah. too. Because I like, to have the, I like to have the local experience. That's what it was so great about Vietnam is that I literally had a local experience pretty much the whole time I was out there. Mm-hmm. Like, I ate street food. I did not get sick, thank goodness. And I, I lived in a homestay with a family. The family cooked me dinner. But then I also stayed at home, you know, at a hotel. So, mm-hmm. but I stayed in an area of the city that was very more, yeah. very much so more local. So you definitely have to have a balance of both of those things yeah. with your vacations. Yeah. And so I like that living like a local thing. And that's the, also the benefit of not trying to like 
stay at the Hilton when yeah, you travel no, I would, overseas I never. because you're going to be around a bunch of tourists. And I think like couch surfing was so great because particularly when we went to, um, Vienna, Austria, mm-hmm. our, our, uh, our host, she was the cutest Kathy. She was the cutest little girl. <laughs> cutest she Kathy. played the saxophone and she had a boyfriend who played the guitar and they would like play for us at night. But she would tell us like where to go to get like a great, Vienna experience mm. and then at night when we got back from our you know she Tiana and I did our like daily travels whatever at night she took us to her favorite jazz bar her favorite jazz club and because she had been she goes there so much because she plays a saxophone that like they had closed down and let us just like hang out yeah and so we were drinking and like they let us on stage and we were like making our own music, playing the, you know, playing the instruments and Tiana was singing. And it was just such an experience that yeah. you would never otherwise get. get. And so it's different. Like when you go to these hotels, like you want to stay at the Hilton, you, because you're, you know, it's, you're, it's familiar. It's you know. Yeah. But when you I go never. to concierge, they're going to tell you places that tourists go. Absolutely. They're not going to be like, oh, here's where you can go for a good a meal that's also they, like $2. All, all the time, exactly. I ask <laughs> all the people in Vietnam where to go. But they also get a kickback. Some of those hotels about like, oh, they see you to this place. Mm-hmm. You'll, they'll get something for it. So that's why they push it. But like when I was in Bali, I went to my driver's home. I'm not, I know where the people in Bali live at. I mean, they see their houses, but right. I went to his house yeah. because he was that involved with us during our trip that mm-hmm. he was like, I got to stop to my house to get something. Wow. Like I was sharing snacks that I had never heard of with this man. Wow. And so like I saw his, fa- his father, his kids, his wife, mm-hmm. and this man was in the middle of working. Wow. So like, yes, it's definitely necessary to have like, have a cult, have a local experience. Mm-hmm. People go on vacations. They just want to do everything. They see everyone else doing. Right. Like I did the hands bridge in Vietnam because that's a huge tourist mm-hmm. attraction. But also stayed in someone's house yeah. and ate their dinner with a bunch of strangers. Yeah. So it's like you have to have a good balance. Yeah. And so and that's really what you should pull from um, a travel experience. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't cost a lot to do things Mm-mm. like that at all. And so it's when we went to Prague, less. I think we spent we spent the equivalent, the U.S. equivalent. We were there for three days. We spent the U.S. equivalent of eight dollars. What? Yes. Wow. Yes. I ain't traveled that cheap. I ain't traveled that cheap. Like I, we went. How old were y'all though? What was that? Twenty fifteen. So can't do math, but it's fine. Close enough. You were in your, your early twenties. I was mid twenties. Okay, mid twenties. Okay. Like twenty six. I'm a little bougier than that now. So I think I might need more that? than an $8 living expense. No, but days. I mean, it, was, it wasn't it was even like we were, I mean, we didn't. Y'all had a place to stay. So we, our, our housing was covered because we had a, we did couch surfing. Mm-hmm. Our first night there, he cooked us a meal because um, he wanted, he's vegan and he's also from Czech Republic. So he wanted to cook us like an authentic meal. Mm-hmm. Um, he told us where to go. And when we went to the little area, we like bought a beer and we walked around and we saw these um, little boats in the river, you know, like the little paddle boat yeah. things. And so she and I were just like paddling around, drinking our beer around the around the little river thing. And we met a group of guys who were from the Czech Republic. Mm-hmm. having They were having their bachelor party. Oh. And so we like hung out with them the rest of the time. So like we <laughs> connected. We like hooked our boats together and we're like paddling around. They're like buying beers because it's their bachelor party. Yeah. And so we leave there. We go to like a restaurant. We eat burgers. And they're like, let's do the escape room. And so like we just, you know, we just had like a regular kind of. Yeah, authentic. Yeah, authentic experience. Yeah. And food wasn't, we didn't spend a lot on food because, you know, we were with 
we were with them, but also because our, our host was cooking for us. So yeah. I think like, but the, that's, that's the thing, amazing. like those kind of experiences. In three days, I wish. Girl. If I but ate, also, the, I think the dollar equivalent, like the way it bounces the, That's out. how Asia is too. Asia is really cheap. Like mm-hmm. I've had, I had the best, most amazing, most memorable fluff, like a dollar and 35 cents. Yeah. Meanwhile here, it's like $10. Yeah. Yeah. So... So, yeah. So, I think, you know, just being open. And um, those 30 days, I spent my last paycheck. I think I still had more. I maybe had, like, five, six. I had a good amount of money left over from mm-hmm. my last paycheck. So, over the 30 days, I didn't spend anything. Hardly anything. Yeah, I need that. So, um, yeah. So, I mean, that was a, a little tangent about travel. <laughs> but I think it's just it's important to let people know that it's possible whether you work a full-time job, whether you're an entrepreneur. Like, if you just plan mm-hmm. and open your mind to what you may not have known bef- or thought of before, don't you can Don't go really... to all the cliche places to yeah. go to. That go, you can do some, but don't go where everyone's going mm-hmm. if you're looking for an authentic experience. Yeah, yeah. Um, so... I think it's time to wrap this baby up. Is there anything that um, we discussed before that uh, that you um, want to share for share with the people? What do I want to travel? Travel is people say that travel is too expensive. That's not true. We just talked about that. Mm-hmm. It's not too expensive. Traveling is dangerous. It's not like don't be stupid and go out and three o'clock in the morning in an mm-hmm. unknown country. Yeah. You might get kidnapped because you would get kidnapped in America. Um, and then as say, we see, as we see all the time. And then saying that you can't travel solo or you're afraid. I get it. I'm an introverted extrovert, even though it looks like I'm more of an extrovert. I'm not. And so it's okay to go by yourself in places because you have a chance to like recharge. Mm-hmm. You have a chance to force yourself to do things that you wouldn't normally do. If you go on a vacation by yourself and sit in a hotel room, that's your fault. Right. You didn't explore. Right. You have no one like keeping track of what you're doing or no one telling you what you need to do. And I try to do at least one solo trip a year. Cause mm-hmm. I went to Arizona by myself. You did. Yeah. That was beautiful. That was a, a great time. I was like, I need to see more of America. I need to see the Grand Canyon. Like, mm-hmm. where do I go in there? And that's the thing. Travel didn't have to be international either. No, it there doesn't. There are so many places in the yes. States. I went to the Grand Canyon. I went to, well, Arizona. I went to um, Phoenix, Sedona, and Page, Arizona by myself. And I was literally, I saw one, maybe five of me there the whole time. But it's like, I wasn't going there for that. I went there to see the Grand Canyon. And I went there to see the Horseshoe Bend and things that I see in textbooks as a child. Mm-hmm. I can see those in real life. Yeah. So traveling solo doesn't have to be as awkward. It's as awkward as you want it to be. Mm-hmm. People are naturally going to gravitate towards you and want to talk to you. Yeah. Whether you exchange numbers with that person's, you know, those persons is one thing, but going and they're going to talk to you. They yeah. want to know where you're from. They're going to know why you're here. They're going to want to know more about you than you give a crap about what's going on in their mm-hmm. aim. Cause they're like, Oh, well, let me show you this, this, and this while you're in my city, while you're yeah. in my town. Yeah. Um, so definitely traveling solo is, I think it's really important, especially for entrepreneur mm-hmm. because it gives me a, a recharge every yeah. time I go to yeah. think about things differently. Mm-hmm. Uh, but other than that, so no. we are, as we wrap up the show, of course, Got to do our win of the week and <laughs> woe of the week. Uh, so win, of course, something that you are proud of. 
And the woe is something that maybe threw you off your game, something, a mistake you made, Mm -hmm. something that you regret, just anything that's like a little less than positive. So So my win, I am in the process of, I posted a long, a while ago, I have on my website, different honeymoon packages and I have someone buying into the Bali luxury honeymoon. So I'm really excited about that. I was able to customize a little bit more for her, but like she's literally having like a much more glamorous Bali vacation than I'm having, but it's their honeymoon. <laughs> um, so I'm really excited about that. Yeah, They're in the process of booking. Um, I'm going to need you to look a little more excited. I know. Okay, yay. She's- and you had a placement last week, a press placement for Champagne and Cabanas. What did I do? <laughs> what? You were sitting over here at my house. Yes. And you came across your name in an article. I did. I did. I did. I am. I know. I don't, I don't brag about myself. I don't do that. Um, but yes, I was in Richmond Bride for, as it's one, two, and three. So I was number two of honeymoon experts in the Richmond area. So that was really exciting. Look at that. My little baby. You weren't even going to say that. I know. I don't think about it. And my travel and my, uh, our wedding planning company was also number two. We tied with quite a few companies, but it's like great companies that we tied with. And our dress shop, Urban Set Bride, is number one in the area. So, yeah, I love Urban Set Bride. Yes. Shout out to Brittany. Her yes. wedding dress was so beautiful. Yes. Oh, the wedding I went Brittany to. Like, yes, Brittany, Brittany Jackson. Oh, excuse me, Miss Jackson <laughs> got her wedding dress from Urban Set Bride. Yes, that's our beautiful. dress company, our dress uh, dress shop. But yeah, um, doing this honeymoon in, in Bali is really great because I I'm sending them to a lot of the nice, more luxurious mm-hmm. um, places that I would like to stay if I had a you know a boo. <clears throat> Uh, but for honeymoon, it's great. It's, it's going to be great for them. And she's really excited. I don't know her. And she literally went to my website and saw this honeymoon. She's like, I want to do wow. what you posted here. So that's That cool. is awesome. Yeah. Uh, my whoa mm-hmm. uh, is double. This is my wedding planning. It's double checking your contracts is so important. Um, I had a wedding a couple of weeks ago. Well, actually, yeah, a couple of weeks ago where a, a key component was left off. And it was a vendor that I work with quite often, like a rental company I work mm-hmm. with quite often. And we don't have to say certain things to each other because we know that they're there and we both missed it. And it was something that we, there was no way we couldn't have it. And so he called me, he was like, where is this? And I was like, what do you mean? <laughs> where, where is it? Why did you put it on there? And so... We were able to take care of it. Thankfully, it was the day before the wedding because mm. I do, I plan those, I plan certain things Ooh, ahead of child. time. Day before wedding? Day before the wedding, but it was a rainy wedding weekend, so we needed this component. And was so it a tent? It was a tent. Ooh. It wasn't the tent for the guests, it was a tent for the catering because this particular venue doesn't have a kitchen. Mm. And so he called me and we were able to take care of it. And because I have such a great relationship with this particular company, um, I was a- I was able we had a, we have a a bucket of additional money mm-hmm. based on the sales that we've done for them and so I was able to take that and not put that pressure on my client so last minute and they even took a portion of it because I have a good relationship with them where it's like we should have noticed this you should have noticed this too Sierra but we also should have noticed this mm-hmm. we've been to this we we both worked at this place and knew we needed that and so. That it, I say that's a whoa, but it's also like a great, a, a good thing that yeah. I have that rapport. I, I learned like, mm-hmm. don't forget to go over that's your contract. You, that's how you bounce back but from woes is when you you have a relationship with the company where they are going to like check 
check you on your stuff um, and take care of you mm-hmm. because there are companies that wouldn't have done the same thing. They would have showed up and they would have left. Like they right. came back yeah. to take care of that the following day. So just check in over your stuff. Mm. Like I'm, I was like, and we had a, and like we had a moment after the wedding. It was like, so I took care of this for you because it was our fault and it was your fault. <laughs> I was like, thank you. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. I appreciate you. My bride never knew. Mm. Um, so and yeah. that's, yeah. That's the best. I mean, she cried her eyes out the whole time, but like happy cries, like happy Aww, tears. Good. I surprised her with her wedding ceremony space. She didn't know it was going to be there because she thought that it Where was. Where was it? It was at Tredegar Ironworks. So it was like, it was supposed to be like a smaller place, smaller space because it was raining. And it ended up being in the place that she wanted it to be in if it was an indoor. And she like would not, I took her out. Where I walked her down, well, not down the aisle, but her dad is that. But I was like, go. And she, like, started bawling because she thought that she was going into a space to get to the other space. And she was like, oh, my God, this is my wedding. And I'm like, can you go down the aisle now? Because the song is going to end. (laughs) And so when it was over, she came up to me and she was like, I'm so surprised. Like, I love you. I'm like, okay, I love you, too. Oh, my God. Write it in my review. (laughs) (laughs) Write every Hello. Write <laughs> <laughs> it in. Thank you. Yes, write it in my review and let them know how much you love me. Mm. So yeah, that's beautiful. Yeah, it's I a, can't wait it's a really to do my wedding. I'm gonna cry too. Okay, I'm not doing your wedding though, so it's I'm fine. Your mom's gonna do it's it. It's gonna be so beautiful. Evelyn is not doing my. Wedding. Evelyn is doing your wedding. She's not doing my wedding. Okay, I love, love you, Ma. Um, so <laughs> me, my win of the month. It's taking off. I am taking off in <laughs> December. <laughs> uh, I am taking off the month of December. Oh I freaking deserve it. Okay. I don't know what that's like. It has been a hell of a year. And I, as anxiety has grown, just because like. You know, just pressures of running a business and always wondering if you're doing enough and da da da. It's just a lot to be able to be like, goodbye. Okay, I have done enough. Turning off the lights. I'm still doing stuff. Obviously, podcasts, yeah. doing like things that I enjoy. Yeah. I want to do a fun employed um, happy hour this mm-hmm. coming Thursday next week. Thursday. Yeah, yeah, I told you about that, right? Mm-hmm. Look at me remember. You got on your calendar? Uh-uh. I know. <laughs> um, so this Thursday, Take I want to do a fun employed happy hour, just like a meetup kind of thing, like not formal, but just like people getting together and just like hanging out and enjoying and connecting and all this stuff. Yeah, put it in your calendar. Um, so I'm going to be doing things that I enjoy, but to be able to, t- to be in the position to do that, I am very grateful Yeah. to be able to rely on my team to be like, hey guys... I need this time off. Are you all okay with yeah. me being offline? And so shout out to Jalexis, LaKayla, China, Sarah. Like shout out to my team for really just, you, got over you here. know, so that's my win. Um, what's my woe? Um, you have a woe for me? Um, my woe probably goodness I don't even know what my woe is I'm just so happy to be taking off um I think a woe is um y'all 
I'm really drawing a blank. Um, I don't even know. But I will say that I am really kind of disappointed in myself for allowing me, if you all listened to last week, um, you know, having the forever, I mean, the Fun Employed FOMO Blues, feeling like, you know, there is um, too much work to be done, uh, but I feel kind of guilty taking a break. I would say that is my woe, allowing myself to get to the point um, where I have kind of lost sight of the importance of taking care of myself. You know, I put a lot of pressure on myself to have a business that can sustain. Um, I put a lot of pressure on myself to be able to pay bills, pay my team, all these things, but I really put myself last. If someone reaches out to me, I'm always like, um, you know, yeah, I got it. I can do it. I can do it. Um, but I really forget about me. Yeah. Um, and so there's this whole, and I don't even remember if I mentioned it last uh, episode, but the whole parable of the goose and the golden egg and how this man had this goose who produced golden eggs and um, he was so excited to get these golden eggs that he killed the goose so he can get the eggs out of it. Mm. But if the goose is dead... Can't make any eggs. Can't make any eggs. And so I am kind of the goose at this point. Um, mm. I'm the man and the goose. And I'm killing myself. <laughs> you need to not. Yeah. And I mean, not to be all morbid, because I don't think I'm literally killing myself. But, you know, like, it's easy to lose sight of the fact that, like, you have to be okay first. Um, and I think that's where I got to the point where, like, I could put myself last. If I was exhausted, that can come later. All those things. And so that's really a woe, is, like, really losing sight of the fact that, like, if I'm not well, then nothing can be well. Yeah. Um, and so I want to shout out my friend Koshi. She got me that bath bomb over there, this, a CBD bath bomb Aww. that's going to knock me out. And she got me a really, really nice um, bottle of wine. That was so sweet. Over there on the bar cart. Is it South African? I don't know. But it's a Chenin delicious. Blanc. It's delicious. Are you going to share it? Yep. Talk about that on, talk about that on the air. Nope. She's quiet. Anyway, <laughs> so I just want to um, thank Koshi for reminding me that, that I need to put myself... And she got me that because she listened to the, the podcast of me feeling stressed. And I thought that that was really thoughtful. That is. I want her to be my friend. And so, um, you know, I just it, it just reminded me to stop putting productivity and putting people-pleasing and putting first. everything else first. Because yeah. I need to be first. I need to do that. I do more. I do more of what I want, though, for myself. Mm-hmm. I'm more like a solo person, though. Yeah. So I do more of what I. I'm not gonna do anything I don't want to do nowadays. Than I. Yeah. Versus I, I, I haven't to. gotten there yet. I don't say no. I go places when I don't feel like going because I. I, I get out. Of, I want to get out of the house all the time. Mm-hmm. And that's my problem. Yeah. So. Um, yeah. So that's my win. That's my woe. Um, so they kind of coincide because the woe is that I've exhausted myself but the yeah, win is that i am recharging this month and yeah. starting we're planning something really exciting for 2020 yes and sierra yes. and i are about to um it's gonna be cute y'all it's gonna be real gonna be good. a real cute situation yeah. so i can't wait to share it with you guys but i think that's it we've been talking for an hour and 19 minutes they can be like girl shut up to me not to you uh, probably me too 
I could sit here and talk to you all day. I could talk all... I mean, you know I talk all day. We were supposed to get started um, oh, an wow. hour and a half before <laughs> we actually got started. Um, so I, you know... But I want to thank you so much, Sierra, because you. you are one of my fun employed friends. We co-work together. We yeah. sit and have productive days. Yeah. Um, we drink midday. Yes, we do. <laughs> which is a perk of fun employed life. Um, but I just want to thank you for being in my corner and being a part of my my tribe. Thank you. Um, and and sharing all of this knowledge you have on weddings and travel and entrepreneurship with these people, yes. these wonderful people. Yes. Um, all right, guys. So we're about to head out. Don't forget to subscribe, review. Um, how can people reach you on social media? See, I like Pope? 25 apps. So it's at, <laughs> not apps, accounts. Um, it's at Sierra underscore P. That's C-I-E-R-A underscore P. At Champagne and Cabanas with a C. And at CP underscore Hive Wed Co. All right. So many. It's a lot. Yeah, it's a lot. I'll put them all in the description so you can <laughs> just click the link. Um, and, of course, you can find me on Instagram at Jana M. Hall and Facebook by the same name. And thank you guys so much for tuning in. We'll see you next time. Bye. Bye.